0: hey folks welcome back i'm pastor mike welcome to the red river rising today we're going to get into part two of the series god's big picture where rick and i are getting into the w's the why the where's and the wins of the questions that we ask god anyway sit back relax enjoy the show today uh share it with others if you like like for them to be blessed off of it as well hope you had a wonderful easter and uh until next time i'm pastor mike enjoy the show
1: and, um, you know, our next example is going to be the Apostle Paul, and we're going to see how he didn't waver. He walked by faith and did what the Holy Spirit instructed him to do. Uh-huh. And we're going to start off in Acts chapter 19, verse 21. And it says, uh, when these things were accomplished, Paul purposed in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, after I've been there, I must also go to Rome. So we see in this verse here um, in the in the uh, New King James, the word Spirit is capitalized, so it's the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So the Holy Spirit instructed Paul to go to Jerusalem, and then and then after that he would go to Rome. Um, and this occurred after the riots in Ephesus, mm-hmm. and uh, so Paul got his instructions from the Holy Spirit. And as he was traveling from Ephesus to Jerusalem, every uh, just, In several places where he stopped along the way, the believers there received insight from the Holy Spirit as to what was going to happen to Paul. Right. But we'll see how they responded. They responded to that insight pretty much the same way Peter responded to the insight he got about what was going to happen to the Messiah.
0: Yeah. Just a quick interjection with that, too, is that I want to remind us, you know, hearing of the Spirit, remember, sometimes God talks to us in that small stool voice and uh, i want to encourage you that uh, if you are faithful to listen to the holy spirit in the small things you'll never miss the big things and so sometimes we don't want to do that we may have an unction to do something and we, it's it's a positive but somehow we still we account it to ourselves when really that could be the holy spirit telling us to do something very small to build us in listening to him but if we negate those things or don't do those things it, and then all of a sudden we're really told to do something by the Holy Spirit. We will count it to ourselves and not of him either. And Paul was confident here. Paul was confident that he was this was he was purposed by the Spirit. He had already learned how to listen to the Spirit well enough. This wasn't some resounding voice talking in his head. Paul was listening to the Holy Spirit just the same as you and I do today, or can do today.
1: Hmm, exactly. Um So we see here in Acts chapter 20, verse 22 through 25, it reads, And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testified in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish the race with joy, and the the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And indeed, now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, Rick, I got something to interject in here. I know it is. is. there anything before I get into it that you want to clear off?
1: Well, I just wanted to say in that first sentence there, it says, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, and it's a small s. Mm-hmm. So in the, in the previous verse, Paul heard from the Holy Spirit, and he was purposed by that, and in the in this verse here, he has his own strong conviction in his spirit to follow what the Holy Spirit told him to do. Yeah, bound in that. No, you know, not bounding is
0: is not like hey uh, maybe. I mean, that's he was he committed, hmm. bound to it. No way, no way, no other way for it to be done. Right. Bound and determined. Nah, that's really good. That's exactly right. Uh, one thing that I want to point out too there is down in, in 24. Well, you know, this goes back to what Jesus was saying too. If, if, if you read this through what Paul was talking about, right? He says in here, he says, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. That's exactly the, 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 the same message that Jesus, we just read about in Matthew when he was talking to his disciples there. Deny yourself, you know, that if you will put yourself aside and, and live for me, you know, you'll be doing the will of the Father, which the benefits, the blessings of that, and let's, let's clear this up real quick, Rick. I know rabbit holes, man. I like them. You know that. So, but blessings are not always financial. Matter of fact, I would love to have blessings showering every day. That's not money. I love seeing you grow. I love seeing you, and I'm not just saying you, Rick. I'm saying you people out there everywhere. I love seeing you succeed. I love seeing your life being blessed and by blessed happy and joy and wondrous things that are happening to you and your family and your kids and so on and so forth. One of the things is, is that the blessings that will come upon us are not just financial. They can be. They most certainly can be. But you know, uh, my kids love, and I think I've used this before, my kids love M&Ms. Alright, love M&Ms. I can give them four M&Ms. And they'll want more. I can give them four more M&M's and they'll want more. My kids will eat M&M's until they throw up. Right? I I could give them what they want, but what they want is not always what's best for them. So if they'll release that and they say, okay, Dad, all right, hey, I want four four M&M's. You can have four. I want four more. Not right now after dinner. Okay, you know what's best, at right? And then all of a sudden, now they're getting to enjoy the blessings and the fruits of that, right? And I know it's kind of a bad comparison, but I'm a dad. That's the way it works. And <laughs> and um, they get that, and it's still satisfying to them. It's still good for them, but not to the point that it's harmful for them either. And I'm not saying that God withholds blessings as much as I'm saying that God withholds downfalls if you'll allow him to have that control in your life. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So anyway, but but one of the things here with all that, is that right there after he says that? Paul continues and says, So that I may finish my race with joy. Listen, everything that Paul did, and Paul, listen, listen, he had a hard life, man. Paul was stoned. I mean, they thought he was dead. I mean, you know, this is, he, but Paul never lost his joy. And the joy is because Paul was doing his ultimate purpose, what he was ordained to to do. And Rick, if we are doing what God wants us to do, I don't care what kind of trials, afflictions, tribulations, whatever comes down the pipeline to you that happens to you, you will not lose your joy. You won't, because what you're doing is bigger than yourself, mm-hmm. and it's all for God, whatever it may be. And listen, if that is going to visit the elderly in a nursing home or running the uh, children's church or the nursery or whatever it may be. The faithful in the small things we will be rulers over the big things. Whenever you're doing those things, it doesn't matter what's happening. You'll still have joy. Now, that's 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 powerful. More mm-hmm. people need to get a hold of that.
1: Yes, and the joy of the Lord will be your strength, that's no exactly. matter what's going on around you.
0: Amen, buddy. And, that's, and you keep going, because you do. You get that strength, that renewal for that, to be able to push on and press on with that. And you're happy about it. That's I mean, really, truly, I'm not saying, like, hey, joyous, dancing, happy. I'm saying, but you're still happy that you're serving the Lord, not serving it out of vainness. Let me be clear about that, too. Some people, ministry is an idol. Some people, they do it because they think it's the right thing to do, right? Not because that they're actually acting in what God wants them to do. If you will find what God wants you to do, and how do you do that? You keep going until all of a sudden you get in that spot, and everything that you're doing not only magnifies and glorifies God, but it edifies you and gives you purpose and joy in everything as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And something else interesting here, it says, um, I do not... Nor do I count my life dear to myself. So Paul was imitating Jesus. That's right. With, uh, he was willing to lay down his life for the gospel. Jesus, you know, lay down his life for the will of the Father toward the redemption of mankind. And Jesus, when he hung on the cross, he looked forward to the joy of what he would achieve through that. And that was the salvation of all humanity that would embrace him as Lord and Savior. So he saw you and me and every other saved person while he was on the cross, and that brought him joy in that suffering. Yeah. And and we see here Paul's kind of living his life out, you know, looking at the example of Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. And what a drastic contrast that was for Paul, because remember Paul was the he said I, I do I, he had he had gained greater uh, stature. Uh, than any of his colleagues, right, because he had had done the work of his fathers, right? He had studied for that, to complete the work of his father, and he was persecuting the church. Paul went from, hey, a pretty stout guy as far as in stature of society, right, to now he's almost a, the outcast with it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But yet, still in all this, that's right, he finds that joy that's still through there. Man, mm-hmm. that is a huge difference between the two different lifestyles that he had, where one brought False fulfillment, thought he was doing good, was gaining everything in the world that you could be measured by in the world, to so all of a sudden now doing the will of God, God's will, where all these other things he may have given up, but yet he gained more in that aspect of his life being fulfilled. Boy, that's 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 where we all need to be. Yes, sir. All right, Rick, continue on, brother.
1: Okay, so we, we see here um, that Paul... He he knew he had to go to Jerusalem. He knew he had to go to Rome after that. And he knew that he was, you know, change and tribulations awaited him. But he didn't know his ultimate fate. And he didn't know to what degree he would suffer. But, um, you know, he he kept going. He walked by faith and not by sight. Um, Despite, you know, not knowing everything. You know, he didn't say, why God? You know, he didn't demand an accounting from God to satisfy his understanding before he continued on in his his walk of faith yeah he was just obedient
0: question for you and do you think that he had those thoughts though i mean because other times he knew what was happening around him in the culture and in society do you think that he foresaw that hey i'm gonna this is not going to be easy do you think that and I know we're not looking at, at biblical, but I'm just curious.
1: Yeah. At this point in his life, he may have been pretty stalwart in his faith. Mm-hmm. Previous, you know, pre, you know, maybe years earlier, mm-hmm. I'm sure he had those kind of thoughts yeah. and those kind of uh, uh doubts, you know, just like we do. Mm-hmm.
0: But by now, his faith has been built up enough that when he walks He's walking in so much confidence, right? What well, we have been talking about before, those little things that we got solidified to build up that faith so that when it was time to really make the biggest impact, right, of, of that you can make in our own life, that he still stayed the course and ran the good race.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So continuing on, we see in Acts chapter 21, verses 3 and 5, um, now we're going to start to see where Paul stops at different towns along the way. And the believers are going to get insight from the Holy Spirit. And we're going to see how those believers filter that insight and, and, and what their counsel to Paul is. Okay. And it says, when we had um, sighted Cyprus, we passed it on the left, sailed to Syria, and landed at Tyre. For there the ship was to unload her cargo. And finding disciples, we stayed there seven days. They told Paul through the Spirit not to go to Jerusalem. When he had come to the end of those days... We departed and went on on our way, and they all accompanied us with wives and children till we were out of the city, and we knelt down on the shore and prayed. Now, this might be confusing uh, because it says here they told Paul through the Spirit, and it's a capital S, so we're talking about the Holy Spirit, um, not to go to Jerusalem. But wait a minute. We just spent the last 20 minutes discussing that Paul was told by the Holy Spirit to go to Jerusalem. So what is going on here? Well, I I like the message translation. It gives a little clearer uh, Uh understanding of it. And it says their message to Paul from insight given by the Holy Spirit was don't go to Jerusalem. So we see here the believers in in entire, they received insight from the Holy Spirit as to what was going to happen to Paul. Mm -hmm. They filtered it through their own understanding. And their message to Paul was don't go. Not the Holy Spirit's message to Paul. See, it doesn't say the Holy Spirit, through them, told Paul not to go.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Make sure that we grab a hold of that, is that they took their own interpretation or their own knowledge, filtered it through their own application of how it should be, and then delivered it in their own method. Right?
1: Hmm? Right. So, And, and, and how hmm. many teachers and preachers of the Word are doing that? That's right. That's right. And, and even
0: friends, right? I mean, you know, you hear something and, and outside influences. But you're right. People who should know better um, are, are not abiding by that. They're, they're practicing the same thing that the disciples mm-hmm. were.
1: And it reminds me of something you said when we were talking about, we did our series on the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Everybody should be listening to the Holy Spirit, have an active relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and will lead us into all truth. Right. So despite what these people were telling Paul, he knew what the Holy Spirit told him to do. Right.
0: That's right. Yeah, a lot of times, you know, people went And, and again, let's get back into intents. I don't think the disciples had bad intents here. Not at all. You know what I'm saying? They, they really, their intent was is to protect Paul out of
1: this. Right.
0: But it didn't matter what their intent was. It was still that it was filtered through their own interpretation or their own application and then delivered with their own method with that. And, and uh, that's a great mess or a great example here of how, making sure that even though we talked about godly wisdom earlier as well, even though we're seeking that, no matter what it is from outside influences that we get or outside knowledge, the true knowledge from the Holy Spirit is what we need to be following, right? I can't I can't imagine. What if, what if some of our, our great faith uh, foregoers prior to us were to listen to others, Beth Wigglesworth or Kenneth Hagin or you know uh, Billy Graham. I, you know, I, here he is. I, I, Billy Graham's life is amazing, but people would have told him, hey, you know, or did tell him, you know, hey man, just to, you know, yeah, tone it
1: down, chill right. out. That's
0: right. I, you know, and he was, and he was a young man at that particular. He was doing youth sermons really when he came on the scene with, you know, what um, what, what he knew to be a calling of evangelism with that, but. You know, people people looked at him and, and what if what if they were to listen is my point, so even though their intentions may be good, it still does
1: not matter. We follow the guidance of the holy spirit right and and first corinthians fourteen thirty two tells us that the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, so and that 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 's a verse right there that backs up what we were saying. you know they heard from the Holy Spirit, but what they heard what they did with that knowledge is subject to them. Right. To their own will, to their own filtering of it, to their own understanding of it.
0: That's right. And we won't get into it today, but you know, there's, uh, there, there's another question that lies there deep too, and maybe we could get into this some other time is, you know, then why were they told? You know, uh, the Holy Spirit, God is no respecter of man, and I'm not going to get too deep into this, but God is no respecter of man either, but just because they were told something and they didn't do it doesn't mean that they're not still men of God. Now. I'm mm-hmm. gonna stop there, <laughs> but you know we we've known people and seen people who have been anointed by God and, and fall and fall deep and hard and so on and so forth with that too that they may have gotten knowledge from the Lord but didn't seek or didn't follow through with that knowledge either. Right. The gifts
1: and callings of God are without repentance. Yes. So if God puts a gift and a calling on someone's life and they choose to live an ungodly life, okay, that kind of falls into what we just said where. You know, it's all subject to them. Yep. You know, they can choose to embrace it and run with it and build God's kingdom, or they can choose to run from it. The gifts and the callings are still there. That's right. That's right. Um, but they won't be as effective for the kingdom of God as if they were walking, you in know, in submission and obedience. Yeah. Yep. All right. Okay. Let's continue. So we see uh, one last example we're going to see is in Acts 21, verses 10 through 14. And it says... And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. And when he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt, and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now when we heard these things, both we and those from that place pleaded with him, Paul, not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to uh, be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So when he would not be persuaded, we ceased saying, we ceased, and then we said, uh, the will of the Lord be done. So we see here, uh, you know, not only is it insight from uh, believers, but an actual prophet comes and declares to Paul that he's going to be bound and handed over to godless people. And we see again that the, the Christians around Paul, in, with good intentions, filtered right. that through their own understanding and said, Paul, you cannot go to Jerusalem. You know, you're just too important to, you know, our movement. You just can't do it. Even to the point where Paul said, you know, stop with the weeping and you're breaking my heart. You know, and how many, how many Christians, you know, had their heartstrings tugged on? By people with good intentions. Right. You know, somebody gets saved. They go start going to church and their friends, you know, well-meaning in their own mind and understanding, just tug on their heartstrings. You know, that's not the the denomination you were raised in. You know, how can you abandon your, you know, the faith that you were brought up in? You know, you're just tearing the family apart. You're just destroying, you know, I'm so emotionally distraught that you're now in this denomination and not our denomination Mm -hmm. how many christians experience that
0: yeah oh and you know you're talking about that and i'm also i'm also thinking too that Uh, You know, sometimes we run too far. We may have knowledge of what is right to do or maybe convicted over something in our own lives, and then we start to superimpose it into other people too, as if they should be at the same spiritual maturity of where we are as well. Now, I'm not saying that's what this is in Scripture right here. This is not that example. But I'm thinking of, and I smoked cigarettes for 24 years, okay? Uh, Can you imagine now? Coming in, you get saved, and then I'm coming to you and telling you, and I've seen you smoke, but I go, hey, you know that's going to cause lung cancer, right? You know, that's what's going to happen. You know, you can get mouth cancer, you know, and I start beating you up with this, right? All my intentions are really for you to quit smoking, but yet all I'm really doing is making you just dread and fear and so on and so forth with this. When you are already, maybe you're already under conviction to quit and maybe you're already seeking something a way for the Lord to help you get set free of something like that. And then yet by me interjecting all those things, putting doubts and so on and so forth in your mind, I've now become a stumbling block where i meant to be. You know, somebody to help you along the same way. You know, I can see Paul saying, hey, you know, we will hear that, right? When he's talking about that, He's enough's enough. I'll mm-hmm. i I'm, I'm tell you right now, with this coronavirus that's going around, enough's enough for me. I don't need to see everything that's on. I know the statistics. I can read them myself. I can see the percentage of mortality rates, so on and so forth. Let me tell you what I don't need. I don't need fear. I don't need to hear your fear put into my life. Your intentions are great. Hey, you want to tell me? I get that. I really, truly do. But your fear, I don't need. You know what I'm saying? Here's what I want. What I need is I need your edification, I'm saying that hey, God is still in control, which is what we're here to do and talk about today, right? Right. God's plan.
1: Yep. And so we see here, Paul, even though you know his dear friends were tell, beseeching him not to go to Jerusalem to the point that it was breaking his heart. You know, they, everybody got all emotional about it. Paul. Was still steadfast in what he knew God wanted him to do, go to Jerusalem and then subsequently Rome, yeah. and then we see here when they finally, when you know, it finally came to a point where Paul would not back down, so everybody else finally submitted to God. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, you know, we it says here we ceased and we said the will of the Lord be done. So they finally acknowledged, hey, you know, we need to shut up and just let. You know, God's God, will work that's out. right. It's
0: so funny to me because it, it applies. To the fact they knew it the whole time. You know what I'm saying? They, they didn't say, and then they realized this was God's will. <laughs> they said, and, and when they, the, he could not be persuaded, they ceased. They, they gave up. Okay, well, now since we're not going to convince you, I guess the will of the Lord be done. So, you know, if that's what's going to happen, go ahead now, since we can't change the fate of history here. Go ahead and and do your thing. Mm -hmm.
1: And that's why that personal uh, relationship with the Holy Spirit is so important. That's right. Otherwise, you're just going to be, you know, blown this way by the crowd or blown that way by the crowd. To and fro. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yep. And so we see, you know, so these people didn't really see um, God's bigger plan for Paul because Paul went to Jerusalem you know, and he was falsely accused and got arrested, but he, you know, and then and then he went to Caesarea and then on to Rome. But in the course of all that, he testified to dignitaries and government officials about the gospel of Jesus Christ. He That's testified right. to kings. That's
0: right, something he would never would have had the opportunity to do. Right, right. Had to, had a, on a different course of gone.
1: Yeah, and so I'm glad that when Paul's resolve and obedience was tested, he stayed true to what God told him to do
0: that's right now I'm going to tell you Rick and and if you want to look at um uh pastors and and i'm speaking i'm gonna speak a little bit about our own pastor here he's been doing this we've been doing this for quite a long time twenty twenty three years twenty four years in ministry right well, twenty three years in the church twenty five years or so i think total ministry right
1: nineteen ninety he
0: got saved okay so long time mm-hmm. all right um but uh There are times, and 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 I know this and and I'm sure that he, there are times when he was told to do things completely different than what he did. I no doubt about it. Hey, this is the path we need to go. This is what we ought to do, so on and so forth. But instead of just listening to them, he fasted, he prayed, he sought the Lord, he listened to the Holy Spirit. And he didn't stop until he got confirmation that not only what he received from the Holy Spirit, but then confirmation of that, what he received, that then he started taking the next steps Into that direction. And there are people who have come and left. And so often, this is why I tell people in in churches, uh, you know, we talk about it's a family in a church. Well, that is true. Now, don't get me wrong, Um, I've left churches myself, uh, sometimes uh, not on the right cord, you know. Now, it's been a long time since I've been in a church, but my point being is that uh, not only do you need to trust God, right? But you also need to not judge other people based off of their obedience to God as well. And what I say with that is that looking back now, hindsight being twenty twenty, you talk to those people. Well, yeah, I see that worked out best or so on and so forth with that. But um, not being persuaded by them, but not judging by
1: them either. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it, that's important um, because... Anytime you're going to do something different or new, there's going to be opposition to it. Yeah, there
0: is. Uh, you know, the curvature of change. You've ever seen that? You know, where it's resistance and then you know, changing the culture and then it peaks all the way up at the top and then finally start acceptance, right? And it starts coming back down the the hill and then after the acceptance of the compliance and then it comes back out and then it, it grades back out with that. And that's the way change happens all the time in history and in our personal lives, political lives, whatever it may be. So.
1: So it's it's so important because you know God's bigger picture was that Paul would testify for the gospel in front of kings and high-ranking officials and and um you know in different places from you know in Jerusalem, Caesarea and Rome. And so that was his bigger picture and like you said if he had never gone to Jerusalem which had all this emotion then he wouldn't have had that opportunity. That's right. And so, you know, we've got to just walk by faith and not by sight, trust that God knows the bigger picture. You know, he sees the bigger picture, and he has a plan, and, and he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah 55, verses 8 through 9, tell us that. You know, God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. Um as, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And like you said, you know, we're not all-knowing. We're not all-powerful. We're not uh, all-present. He is, so let's just trust he knows what he's doing. He's in control, and let's walk by faith and not by sight.
0: That's right. Amen to that. And if we'll stick with that, you know, we, we know that at the end of the day um, that we win in everything. I mean, not just over, but everything. And, uh, wherever you're at in life right now, think about this. Wherever you're at in life right now, you have made it through your worst day. The worst day that you've ever had, you've come through it because you're here today. So if you are up against something up against what maybe feels like a brick wall or, or maybe a a rope that's tied onto you and is holding you, preventing you from going forward, whatever is going on in your life, doubts, financial problems right now, uh, trust issues with what you hear and so on no matter what it is just remember that uh you know god is in control of this and that you make it through today you make it through tomorrow and the outcome is always better i'm much better off now than what i was 10 years ago and then we if we trust in that and trust in the lord we'll keep elevating and there's no end uh, until we get to heaven so, folks, I appreciate you tuning in today for myself and uh, Brother Rick uh, Sauceda here. We hope that this blessed you. Have a wonderful day. Uh, reach out to us if you ever have any questions or maybe a topic you'd like for us to cover as well. But uh, until next time, I'm Pastor Mike. And I'm Brother Rick. And uh, thanks for tuning in to the Red River Rising. Y'all God bless.